Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Just three old friends sitting around the living room, you know, looking ahead to some man fights coming up at UFC 270, male or female, to be fair. Two, two man spreaders. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna preview UFC 270. Kind of the man I'm in the therapy. damn hat, in the damn studio, where we win the damn awards. You haven't uh, thanked us. Thank yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Look at me, you're welcome. <laughs> Real talk. Join our living room. Pull up on the couch. That's a great chunk. Mendenhall gets up on that ass. Five, yeah. four, three, two. Hello. Come on into our living room. UFC 270 is on the horizon, Saturday night, January 22nd, from the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. So you know your boys at Morning Combat, BCLT, and the extended third brother, Chuck Mindenhall, back on the couch in Jersey City, had to get together, hit your pregame preview style for all things undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. When Cyril Gahn brings his interim title against the y'all must have forgot, still king, Francis Ngannou. So, like we always do here on MK Pregame Preview, Chuck, I don't know if you're ready for this. No punches we'll pulled. We want to do this real talk. Okay. Like men do. Look at that. One minute. People drinking at home, go ahead and take a drink. Chuck, does this tie-dye MK shirt make me look fat, <laughs> or is that just my dietary choices? I you think know? it is uh, yeah. the angle. All That's right. Good. Look, obviously, whether you guys agree or not, that the interim title should be here. And I don't know how in God's you know, name could you, right? Right, yeah. believe in this, back this. It succeeds to some degree in making this feel pretty damn big because Ngannou's the biggest destroyer and the baddest man on the planet and is coming off that Stipe Miocic knockout to win the title, is going through such contract turmoil right now that we don't know <laughs> if he's coming or going. And oh, by the way, Cyril Gunn might be the next big yeah. thing as Luke Thomas predicted on this show he would wear heavyweight gold before the end of the year he already has or at least part of it how the hell how fired up are you on a fight that like casuals can bite down on and also this is this is what we live for on uh, um, I'll, I'll go to you Chuck you're the okay. guest first just you you got to be feeling that adrenaline out of this I'm pretty excited it worked out to be honest but uh I think that the backstory in this one is is fun right like because you have two guys who Kind of, yeah, Ngannou basically no-selling gone uh, when they saw each other at the last event, and you have two guys who are probably at the top of the game. Gone is one of those guys who very quickly ascended the ranks to get to this spot, uh, Ngannou being who he is and where he's at. I just feel like it's, it's a classic sort of heavyweight matchup, you know what I mean? You get two guys... I mean, does they have such a contrast of styles? And the pro wrestling backstory, you can't the, overlook that. The ex-teammate thing, right? Yes, for sure. And then, so you get the you get the backstory. I just, I like it, man. And you know, the other thing is, for the longest time, we had a heavyweight division that had the familiar names, JDS, Cain Velasquez, uh, and then we had guys like Verdum and uh, Miocic and some guys like that who came through. This feels like the actual movement into a new direction. This feels to me like the new blood of the division, even though they've been around a little while, but gone is a big time threat. I feel like there's huge doubt on the fight. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like it could go a lot of different ways. So it's a fascinating heavyweight fight for me. Luke. Uh, I'm sorry, what are we talking about? Yeah, it, <laughs> no, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You know, something I want to get into shortly, but just this I did new. Have, I did have one thought I wanted to share though, yeah, about it, if off. I may, relevant to the first question you asked, which was, can I just tell you, I'm almost, a, I'm almost a little bit sad about the fight. I'm not sad about it, but let me just. Can you keep your dark uh, no, feelings? I want to hear, hear this. Hear me out on this one, just a little bit, which is to say the following: You have to at least, whether you think that Gone is going to win or not, you have to at least entertain that possibility. It is a very real, plausible future. If that is true, 
And if it is true for the reasons that God has beaten literally all of the 10 previous opponents that he has had, which is that he has a dramatic, dramatic technical uh, leap in advancement mm-hmm. over them, well, then you have to ask yourself a question if you're Francis, which is what do you do with a guy who might be really, really hard to overcome to, if you want to sign another deal? Where, like, how do you play? And by the way, he's 33, which is quite mm-hmm. young for heavyweight, but you know, now is a great time to make some kind of bold choice about what you want to do. I'm just saying, like, dude, like, you, Francis Ngannou could have been something incredibly amazing, yeah. up to more than he already has been, which is pretty amazing. But he got sideways with the promotion. And now, before it could really take, really truly take off, this is his first title defense. Mm-hmm. It could all come apart, even if he does have some options down the line. Anyway, it just kind of makes me sad that like that's a potential. That, that's that, that's a reality <laughs> that we could yeah. uh, be facing, and it's not just in any way. Getting uh, it, I know that there's a lot of complicated issues about does a win make make uh, Ngannou automatic to stay with the UFC? Is a loss more likely to send him to free agency? There's a lot of heavy stuff going on beyond just the former teammates, but not really. But there is that sparring video that's out there that, you know, doesn't mean a ton. I'm looking at it from this standpoint. The Francis Ngannou that beat Stipe Miocic in the rematch, we filmed a resume review, spoiler alert, on on Francis Ngannou and went deep on this. But that version is the scariest motherfucker in the history (laughs) of this sport. Was that a one-night aberration? Or is that who Francis Ngannou is after a journey that has seen him get back-to-back losses at the time that he was supposed to be the next you know, MMA's answer to Mike Tyson and then rebuild himself while being forced to sit out, fight once a year, fight with the promotion. Has this built a resolve in him that it doesn't even matter if Cyril Gunn is heavyweight fighter 3.0 and the you know newest machine we've ever seen, he might just get smashed on the way, that, on the way to <laughs> us trying to find that out because this guy, Ngannou, is... You're a big believer in Ngannou. This version, the guy who can yeah. stuff takedowns, the guy who might be able to transition to top position and it start ground and pounding guys out of there, who also, by the way, the first mistake you make will knock you out cold. <laughs> yeah, this version. Okay. He's a damn superhero. Chuck, yeah. talk me into sobriety over this, please. <laughs> well, I think Cyril Gaon is just such an adaptable fighter, too. He knows him, first of all, right? He's trained with Ngano in the past. I think he kind of knows what he's what, what to expect in there. The, good, the one thing about Gaon, and we saw this even in his last fight, as a fight goes on, he gets more comfortable. He gets dialed in. He kind of calibrates his opponent. You start to see him switching stances, using his jab. I think he's just such a smart, cerebral guy. He's an alien. He stays he's out He's a heavyweight of, alien, bro. He and, he, and he's not afraid to get on his bike and get the hell out of the way either. Like, we've seen that in his last fight where he just, he'll, he'll kind of move out of the way, even if, at the expense of a few boosts, to wait for his moment. I, I think it's going to be a chess match from his point of view early on. I don't think he's going to try to engage, right? He's going to try to drag this into the, the deeper water. My question for UBC would be the Francis Ngannou who showed up against Stipe in the rematch, which we can all agree was impressive, is putting it mildly, right? That it's, guy. It's the most impressive I've ever been in the history of this earth. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah, pretty damn impressive. You'd be surprised. That's pretty like, damn I mean, impressive. Your literal all-time moments. That like, was probably the greatest moment of my life. No, and seriously, it was. I was the most <laughs> moved and most like I need to recalculate everything. His ceiling, what a heavyweight could look like. This is literally the boss at the end of the video game in human form. (laughs) Fair enough. Fine. I won't really disagree with any of that. Does that guy on that night, that very guy, does he beat Cyril Gaon? That guy. That's why, first of all, this fight is so great. No, no. Do do you think so? That guy on that night. I do. I do think that guy on that night. I don't think there's anybody that goes five rounds with that man on that night who has patience that you don't normally see in a slugger with that level of power, but as seemingly, in the, in the very small sample sizes since the loss to Stipe Miocic and the weird one with Derek Lewis right after, has seemingly improved in all of the areas you can point at that. Okay, he may be able to knock out anybody on any given day, but what about the gas tank? What about the Q, you know, the IQ? What about the wrestling? I think he's filling all those spots in. He's with a great team. You don't, you don't, you talk about Eric Nixick like, and company yeah. like it's going yeah. out of style. Yeah, I do. He actually might be where... Even if Cyril Gaon is an alien, and he is, we don't see heavyweights with this foot speed, with this game planning, with this stamina. It might not matter. That's why you love this fight, because casuals like this guy can bite down on it, right? I just started watching I'll tell you one thing, though. If if Francis Ngannou is that version, he goes right through Cyril Gaon. I mean, at that point, I feel like the UFC would have, if they're able to kind of retain him and figure this thing out, they would have the biggest heavyweight they've ever had. I think that he's on the cusp of really becoming that. He might already be that because he is a prototypical looking guy. He's the, he fits the part. He hits hard. Um, he's he, well-liked. He's imposing. Great backstory. Great yeah, great backstory. backstory. I feel like, yes, you're right. He's well-liked. I feel like he checks all the boxes. But if he goes through like Cyril Gaon, 
and this thing escalates to the next level. The, the sport hasn't had a guy who's like truly transcendent in a while. I feel did like he'd guys, be getting close. Did you, 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 boy, wow. I mean, you know. You don't, you don't dig it, huh? You think the MMA gods are going to be as gentle and as forgiving and as accommodating of our vision of things as this? <laughs> Dude, they're going to come crashing down with the thunder of the expectations. Looks we, like you follow the path of my life. Follow the trail. That Dude, happens every time. No, man, you, we never get the, like, the that shit is, like that. that MMA. Nothing like that ever works out until the, like, Bisping had to lose a fucking eye to get it. You know what I mean? You have to go to these incredible depths. It's insane because it's the most well, un- that is it's the most yeah, unforgiving. Is. Dude, MMA that is an is unforgiving, shitty fucking game. It is. It's an unforgiving as shit. There's nothing. It's, it's absolutely merciless. There's no vision where it's like, oh, nice things worked for us. Nope. Is and it when possible? it does, like with the Conor McGregor or something like that, it will spiral, spiral out of yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. Li- lightning in a bottle. Let me yeah. ask you this weird question. Is it possible that we won't know it yet? But when they meet in Anaheim, when it's in Ganu and Gan, that we're watching the two greatest heavyweights of all time. We don't know it yet. We don't know that. But but you're is Stipe, it possible? You're, is, is it your Stipe disrespect is alarming? <laughs> it knows no boundaries. Yes. I don't know, man. Dude, Back why in the do day. you? Do, you know, why does he disrespect Stipe so much? Yeah. I'm not even like I'm not I, even I like Stipe. the biggest. I love. Stipe. I, I, I do. I completely respect him. I'm not, I'm not even. Get him started on Anthony Smith. <laughs> I mean, I love <laughs> Vince Ping too. Come on, dude. Yeah, I was there when when Anthony Smith got in his grill. That shit was awesome. Oh. Uh, Anyway, I don't know. I forgot what we were talking about because I've had... <laughs> I mean, the thing about drive-by shooting is sometimes the wrong person will catch a stray bullet. And that happened to Anthony Smith that in, is the, regrettable, in the battle you know? of Luke versus Brian. You know, that, that's the history <laughs> of that. All right, whether or not you want to bite down on the idea that maybe one day these will become the two greatest of all time, we know what makes Ngano special. We know what this version of Ngano, if, if that wasn't a one-fight aberration, this improved, t- battle-tested, mentally sound version of him... Gone is an alien like we talked about. Is this potential to be an unsolvable style? If you're backing Gone to win this fight, is this going to be a fight that he wins only through one-way control of the fight? Or can he win, potentially, a fight with great adversity? We don't know that about Cyril That's Gane. true. Well, we'll find out, I guess, if he's able to you know, put in some bad positions. I guess we will learn a lot about him. But I know one thing, just from watching the tape, and I know you do a lot of this type of thing, he is very smart in how he gets in and out of there against that 83-inch, you know, reach that carries that kind of power. It'd be very, I think, part of the chest. Can he throw a no-hitter? You're That's saying the thing. he has That's to throw a no-hitter I want to see what he can do. You know, it's like, what, what will he end up being able to do? I think he's the superior striker in terms of technique and all that stuff. How does he get it done? I, I'm really anxious to see what his game plan. Minutes. He does know Ngannou, too. Let's not forget. I feel like if anybody's going to know the tendencies and all that stuff, it's going to be gone. Luke, can yep. this man for 25 minutes not get knocked out? Yes. But let's flip, flip the uh, script here a little bit. Here. What was the fight where you turned and we were like, okay, gone's for real. What was that fight? Since I was late to the party, it was the... Volkov? Yeah, it was the Volkov. Was it Volkov for you? Did you catch... I think it was Volkov that really... Because he, he had a couple... He looked too. great. He looked great yeah. in his first couple of fights. Um, and I knew people who were way big on his hype train early on. But I think that that was the fight for me. Yeah, he, he didn't back down. He didn't li- sit on his lead. He was trying to finish Volkov the entire time. That was where I was like, oh, he can do all this stuff and this. You, that's where you got to take the L and be like, I was wrong. I didn't see what Luke saw, which I, I didn't think he could be that dynamic mm. for that long against a dangerous guy. In the last few fights, he's, he's really closed that chapter of doubt. Obviously, Ngannou's a different level of alien and freak himself, and that's why we're having this debate of can he survive 25 minutes against him. But Gan. Boy, did he blow me away once Didn't I got Didn't you guys it. say you did like a resume thing uh, on uh, Ngannou? Because isn't that like the curse? Aren't we like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he might on. punch a hole right through that MMA curse, all right? This, <laughs> Ngannou's like, see. you're going to put that we on me? See. Yeah, I, I think that there is a, uh, a slow recognition about how good Gan is that still is underway that I don't think folks have fully wrapped their head around. Um Gone is not winning. Granted, smaller sample size. We keep talking about this. Just 10 fights, right? Yeah. Total. Just 10 total fights. Not a lot. Uh, undefeated, but not a lot. Nevertheless, what you see on him with the tape is that he has uh, an abnormally good ability to judge distance. And when I say abnormal, I mean the amount of time it takes for him to, uh, to, to, to essentially find where he needs to be. Is he does it extremely quickly. Um, and he doesn't wait for openings. He creates them. Everything he does is on his terms. He will get hit. He will get hit. But the question is, will he get hit clean? Will he roll with things? Will he kind of absorb it knowing it's coming? 
Um, dude, everyone he's beaten, he's beaten the exact same way. Mm-hmm. He was just smarter than them, period. Sorry. His skill level is just True. another degree above there. And I think folks don't realize that because he doesn't sell himself. Fernando Lopez <laughs> does some media, but yeah. has not exactly... You know, I like how uh, people pegged him basically a submission guy, too, yeah. early on. You know what I mean? Because he had a couple of submissions, and it's like, oh, that's what he—that's what his specialty Dude. is. And he I don't should... feel like people are talking about that yeah, as exa- much. And some of his fights have been a low-key, a little bit slow yeah. at times. I think that you can, it's fair to say, like, we don't judge him as an entertainment product. He's not the most entertaining, but he's had, obviously had some entertaining fights as well. But the point being is I don't, I don't think folks understand what he's doing with the how, his management of distance and his management of setups and how he achieves all this in this sort of system. It's well beyond what his peers do. His peers are not as sophisticated as that. And so for those reasons, he's, he's going to start every fight with an advantage, period. But you're saying he may not have to throw a perfect game in the end. He may be able to win this fight under Define different perfect. circumstances. Really, it's, it's, I mean, I think it's if you not get hit, getting hit. If you get hit clean by Ngannou, it's probably curtains, right? Probably. Yes. I mean, look, both Stipe and Curtis Blades in the first fight were able to delay the curtains, right? They yeah. were able to show you if you have equal size and, and will and a chin, you've got, two, two, you can three. buy some time. It's yeah. not that you're, 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 you're unscathed from taking yeah. those shots, but Gon's going to have to show us a lot whether that throws his game plan off, whether that crushes his gas tank. There's a lot of bad things that can happen when you get hit with concussive power and you don't actually go out. He respects I mean, dude, the power, is it, though, man. Yeah, I mean, like, is it, is we, have, we should just say, is it, I mean, obviously, dude, Francis has the dim mock, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, he touches you once, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's though you're turning to the land of wind and ghost, and yes, of course, Gon is going to be facing that threat at all times. I just mean to say... Every interaction gone is going to set up with Francis. It's going to be if if, the, if he executes in general, it's going to be on his terms. Meaning that the timing will be favorable, the distance will be favorable, True. The, and if he can repeat that over the course of time, you're in deep fucking trouble, man. He's also very good at kind of just coming in with his legs a little more than some of the other guys. You know what I mean? Like using his legs, because there's a little bit of a uh, hesitation that it could be a boring fight. If, it, if both guys are being are trying to be reactive, you is know? he the dominant Cruz of heavyweight, Cyril Gon? I don't know if I'd go that far. He's a little bit more Robert Whitaker-ish, I would argue. Okay, okay. What it's happens? Weird. Like, Robert, yeah. I mean, yeah. Robert, Whitaker gets a lot of respect for a lot of good reasons. He's extremely talented and successful. Well-rounded, well-rounded. Uh, and well-rounded. And dude, he has been in blood and guts fights. Like yeah. he has been in absolute fucking wars, and he has had his hand raised in him. So he has earned a certain amount of absolute understandable respect. Gon is just styling on anyone who hasn't had foes quite like that stand up to him, but. To me, there's a little bit of a... I mean, one is more of a blitzer than the other one. You know, there are some meaningful differences, but that kind of sort of cerebral reading and yeah. dismantling uh, at distance with bouncing up and down vertically, that's that's what Most he does. Most people who go 10 rounds with a prime Yoel Romero, they die. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's I mean, a good that's, thing. That's Chuck, an when point. and if this fight goes to the ground, long-term, who's got the advantage? When oh, and man. If? That's the big question for me. I can see a scenario where Francis Ngannou, if we're looking for wrinkles in his game or something that's going to make you like have an elevated idea of where he's at, is where he might be the guy leading some ground and pound in this type of fight. We will see, but I could see that scenario playing Gone? out. Gone? No, no, uh, Ngannou. Ngannou? Yeah. Interesting, okay. I could see that, I could see that scenario playing out, but uh, I don't know. I feel like for the most part this You say thing, ground and pound, you mean like with, with Gone flat on his back? I mean, or just like from getting. Turtle or like, I mean, at some point, just taking Gone down and then, and then acting some ground and pound and hurting him there. I could see that happening. He weighs um, a lot. He's a heavy dude. Who? Ngannou. Yeah, he'll, he'll, there'll be a 20 pound difference roughly between yeah. them. Give I or mean, take. he cut down for the Derek Lewis fight and tried out a, some type of slim downs, quicker feel. He abandoned that after that fight and he's, he's in full on destroyer mode. If he can establish ground and pound, I mean, he, I think he wins this yeah. fight, and I think he's going to be largely unbeatable outside of the one punch anyone can get. It's a fascinating flipped. fight, no matter what. But man. I, do, I, I do think. I th- I, by the way, I think Ngannou will be a little bit lighter for this fight, a little bit, not 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 hugely, five pounds or something, a little bit slimmer. Part what, of the drama is obviously what, like if he does go through him. I just, I, well, I there's so much to it. I love fights like this because you're like, uh, what what is the post fight? look like you know what's going to happen in the post fight these kind of fights that have all this loaded there aren't too many guys in that spot who who are on the verge of being sort of transcendent within in the sport that are betting on themselves like Ngano is in this fight essentially what's the big sharp bet that we don't see coming that afterwards is it like gone by stoppage do you know what the what is the line does anybody know the line i don't yeah i knew it was fairly close early on i'll I'll look it up as you talk amongst yourselves all right well I think that the sharp... As a side note, by the way, I missed the uh, pornography we were able to watch last time. <laughs> by oh, the virtue rooftop? of, the, yes, the neighbors. I really miss... I can't miss, see that from the I really room miss here. Just, you know, 
having, having that as part of our breakdown. It was that was oh. nice. That was a nice detour that we really enjoyed. I feel like the sharp money is going to be on Gone, though. You That's do? what I think, but we will see. Hold on, well, he looks it up. How have you been otherwise? Everything's been good, man. Good. Yeah. All right, minus 120, Francis and there Gone. There you go. So it's fairly. Plus 102, Gone, more or less around Plus there. 102? Yes. For Gone? Wow. So, so that's kind that of... Did, but we still have... I mean, I'm not sure when this will come out, but it, even even late movement seems yeah. possible on this okay, one. Okay, but the natural so. reaction is, okay, well, well and Gone went through hell with Stipe for five rounds, taking big shots, and he was fine. If Gone, Cyril Gone, is able to take control of this fight like you sense is possible... But just completely pitch a, a one-sided, basically a perfect game and just of dominance, of wearing out the gas tank. Is a gun stoppage potentially in play? I think so. It's a stoppage of gun? No, a gun getting stoppage. a stoppage win, which would be a big sort It would of... depend on the... Okay, so if you estimate that... Okay, if you believe gun will win, you will be believing he'll do it by this sort of system of striking he set up. Right, so the question is, how much better is he than Ngannou, if you believe that? If the difference is minimal, or you know, just barely, then I don't think you will in any way see a stoppage. If it is significant, where he's able to really catch him clean, you know, with mm. wide openings, a stoppage is... Well, you know what? We don't talk about this. Francis has a fucking chin of steel, too, yeah, man. That's true. There's but a lot to it. Heavyweights have landed on him, and it didn't do shit. That's why I opened it by saying the natural reaction would be, well, hey, Stipe couldn't finish him, and he's got big-time power, but I wonder yeah. if Gon has the potential. If everything goes his way, and he's basically throwing a no-hitter out there, if that search for Nganu of trying to just land and hit something on someone that he can't hit, if that combines with the mental fatigue and actually sets him up in a way that, like, we didn't think Ali was going to knock out George Foreman mm -hmm. in the Rumble in the Jungle, right? Sort of that type of thing where I'm just getting one-sided dominance here for Griffin is and Sanderson. Yeah. Is it I mean, as just black and white, like though, as Nganu early, gone late? You know what I'm saying? Nganu early, gone late. Yeah, probably. But, you know, I bet... Unless, unless, unless Nganu 2.0 is... Yeah, this I think creature. that's yeah, that's. Part uh, of do it. you think? Well, your your question is interesting, right? Because it's related. To, it's it is at least somewhat related, especially since he's a heavyweight. It's a fair thing to ask. We obviously know Francis has just earth shattering power. Does he have earth shattering power in the fifth if right. he goes that way? Well, that's especially a, that's a if he is tired. Yes, if he is tired. I don't know. If I he's still got think that kind of obviously the plan for any heavyweight would be like let's take him into the later rounds. Where we've seen that he's not as effective, and see yeah. if we can work him over there. But you know what? That's I, something I, that Gone, I'm positive, has to be thinking about. This I thing. have a, I have a, I have a pretty good feeling about Nganu's chances, at least if not to win, certainly to shine, right? Because what did, what was one thing we did see from the Stipe fight, dude? I got, I keep saying this. You got to pay attention. There are fighters who kind of just sort of throw themselves once more into the breach and then just kind of mm -hmm. joust with their opponents, and then through this accumulative process, they find openings. And then there are a lot of other ones who just have a good ability to create openings on their terms. Didn't Ngannou yeah. in the first uh, Stipe fight be able to do certain things? But he's just a, he, I think he emptied his gas tank out at the end of round one against Stipe. He which did. Is a different well, that's fighter, the other thing. Mentally that is different oh, fighter, patience. game plan. Yeah. The patience a, is what I was talking we about. We don't yeah. know, like, to your point, if there's a three, four, or five round yeah. version of, of Ngannou where he can adjust to stamina dumps, adjust to taking damage, and still deliver the boom. The thing I was just trying to get, to, get at before I lost my way was just that Ngannou showed a lot of patience. He showed a lot of patience in the second fight with Stipe, where he was, you know, he was actively trying, but he wasn't like in the in the Rosenstruck fight, he was kind of just flailing a little bit. And there's been some other fights where he was kind of clashing with opponents and trading with them a little bit. This one, he was very sort of dedicatedly yeah. setting things it's up. It's almost the first fight in which he opened a scenario that I can counter and finish these guys. That I don't need to, your point, create the openings or just ball right through them, which to, he really has had patience his entire career in ways that I didn't even remember until we rewatched mm. some of those for resume review. But what do you think the second Stipe fight was really the first time that he fully executed the game plan? And it wasn't like I got to his chin before he got, he got mine or the other guy was scared and the first time he touched my power, he was gone. Do you think that was the first time he... He flipped it back on people. Because when you're that athletic yeah. and that powerful and scary, you obviously can cover up a lot of mistakes. Now that he's a full a guy that's been through the wars, a guy that's learned a lot, him executing really a game plan, is just, it turns me on. It's the scariest <laughs> thing ever. Dude, him if going he would have knocked out Stipe in 30 seconds, you'd be like, oh, right, Francis, right? That's what Francis yeah, does. Francis right. knocks people the no, fuck that's out true. in 30 seconds. Yeah, right. And, dude, he took his time. And, and by the way, there was a, that, that, that fight went to the second round, correct me yes, if I'm wrong, right? Wait, we went a little into the second round. So you had a chance to go back to the stool. Yeah. You have a great team. They understand you well. This is a championship-level fighter, high-level championship-level fighter. And he had, he had a chance to come out there, and he ran into a left sort of left hook jab. 
And that was all she wrote, dude. He executed in every phase. It was, you know, is it the first time that he did that? I'm not so sure, but I can say this, dude. That was an excellent, thorough yeah. performance. That's what really got me. It was so thorough. You know, it wasn't every dimension of the game, but it was several of them, and it was expertly executed all along the way. Right, let's let's do a very do. good. Let's put our name on the line. Nobody can see the future, but here's the deal. Yes, it's very possible that Cyril Ghosn really is the next great heavyweight and that he has the style, resolve, casting, all that great stuff to do this against this version of Francis. He may be. It may be Cyril Ghosn country the rest of the way. But if it's not, there's also this chance that this new Francis Ngannou, because he was able to redeem his first UFC, his only real UFC loss, right? I mean, Derek Lewis fight was weird, but his only real <laughs> UFC loss was the, the Stipe one. He had the gift of being able to go back through Stipe to run it back in front of all our eyes and show how much he's improved and absolutely take that off his record. If he takes out Cyril Ghosn and knocks him out, and then fun. you're like, okay, let's get him Derek Lewis. Let's, let's fill that spot. It, when you are someone like a Lennox Lewis who said, okay, I had two losses. Yeah, there were big knockout losses, but I went back and knocked those guys out in the rematch for the title. I, I, I swiped that clean. Francis Ngannou could be on a path towards like all-time greatness. Like I'm, not, I'm talking about the upper table, the one that Habib sits at, John Jones, Anderson Silva, others, oh, GSP. Oh, I think Fedor still got a chair at the end of this table. <laughs> Remember that time Cormier sat at the table for a week? I'm telling you, as, as, as real as it could be so. that it could be gone, we also could be seeing the launch of the greatest, most destructive force in the history. If he takes I'm taking that Jones. chance, and I'm picking this version of Ngannou by knockout. I say right around the second round, we're just going to go, holy oh. shit. I hope we get that kind of fight, honestly. I just hope that there's a, there's, there are moments where that's possible. Or if the, two, if the first couple rounds are going to have to exercise Ngannou's patience because nothing's happening. You know what I mean? Ngannou's <laughs> making him kind of initiate and he's not going to initiate himself that's so, on, i just want to see that okay so let's say francis wins the way you might imagine in this scenario right like ko amazing fucking spectacular holy shit whatever last fight on his deal so wh what do you do if you're francis bc like what do you think he does here because everything you're saying is 1000 percent true but if he can't find some kind of workable arrangement with the ufc what the fuck do you want to do? You know how they say winning cures everything if you've got bad locker room, mm -hmm. but hey, everybody's winning, so we just we Motherfucker, just he's coming off a up. list of wins. <laughs> winning, winning That's at why, this level. What else has Francis been doing but knocking everyone will the fuck out? He will have not only fulfilled his potential. If he knocks out Cyril Gaon, he will have like fully fulfilled it. Okay, I'm talking about him maybe no, going to the true. GOAT table if he does that. That, I believe, will have fixed the issues between them. Obviously, they have to pay him more than he has That's going to have to be the thing. But he'll have to pay him more anyway because he will have fulfilled that guy. He is that guy. He's MMA's Mike Tyson if this happens. So that's, what I'm that's saying. where I, winning I is going to keep everybody happy because they're going to have to and want to pay this version So you of think he only leaves, and again, who the fuck knows, right? But you think he only leaves if he loses. It's going to be interesting because Dana mentioned that he had that run-in with Francis where they ran into each other in Las Vegas at a restaurant and the management team wasn't there and Dana said it's the first time I've had like a real get-through talk with him where we heard each other and I understand. And, you know, of course Dana did the Dana thing of it's really his managers that are assholes, not yeah, him. He's like, <laughs> taking advice from the wrong people. I wonder if we know how much Francis wants to get paid and have a boxing match. We know there's the little back and forth with him and Ty Tyson Fury and Fury said let's do the four-round gloves. And I'm not saying any of us really care about that. But ESPN has top rank boxing, and they also have UFC. Is it that far of a reach to say that? You, do you think you think Dana wants to do business <laughs> with? Shut the fuck up, you little prick! Is it that far of a reach? <laughs> yeah, prick. If they do the four ounce gloves, because Dana can get the rub uh, of a Tyson Fury fight dude, that's co-promoted by the UFC. Dana White and Bob Arum making money together, which they kind of do as you know, as combat sports entities in the. At ESPN Plus space, but I'm just saying, like, actively on an event together <laughs> is imagine? incomprehensible wait, wait, to me. But you don't think Disney goes, we want that fight? Uh, you're, you're the baddest yeah. man on the planet yeah, no, in both no. sports? You're, you know what I'm saying? You're, dude, you're a thousand percent right. You're going to everywhere. I just can't, I can't see. Those guys have called each other the worst things so you could ever I call believe, someone. <laughs> yeah, but they're not as at each other's throats as you think. They're not. It's not like dude, Oscar and Dana. Dude, what the fuck are you talking it's about? It's not like Oscar you, and Dana. Oh. It's... it's so there's a, um, there's a little bit more of underlying respect, I think, for both of them. I think they publicly disrespect each other. And, you know, and obviously Bob for years have been like, MMA is a bunch of skinheads. Well, <laughs> well watching skinheads. Watching skinheads Dude. with other skinheads there. Yeah, you little prick. You little prick. Shut yeah. the fuck up, you little <laughs> yeah. prick. I think when there's He's this much money and it's the same family. My point of saying, I think Ngannou is obviously a special case. 
I think they can get him with that. Even if he loses, I think they it's can get him with that. It's, it's an possible, interesting but... hypothesis. I will say that. It is certainly true. That does, in this crazy new world we live in, you, you certainly cannot dismiss the, the possibilities. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I just know. Want to see right, the John I want to hear your prediction. I just want to, hear to the, I just want to see the John Jones fight if he wins. Let's close but, this. Yeah, we have talked about the John let's Jones. Let's close this by right talking now. about John Jones. But who do you think is going to win? Come on, man. Don't be that. You know, man. I've, bitch. I have literally gone back and forth, but I think my ultimate pick is going to be Ngannou. I think he's going to get it done. Wow. I think it's going to come later, though, like fourth round. I think he will get a finish, but it'll be later in the fight. Um, you know, certainly I have. Genuine respect for uh, for Francis Ngannou. What his what he's done has been incredible. His coach Eric Nixick, I think, is perhaps. I mean, everyone knows he's, he's talented. I don't think they quite understand how how talented he is. And I think that he will make a strong account of himself. But I don't think. Uh, I would argue that the general MMA public doesn't fully grasp how talented Cyril Gan is, and they're about to find out. And um, when, when your shirt says "Get the Strap," is that like a S and M thing? Is that like a a, a punishing your children type of thing or is Get like or is it more like like put the it's belt on me. or is it more like <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers with the with the what do they call that the the um they discount, call that something. discount something the discount, the discount double yeah. check yeah. so here's okay. the thing I mean I was gonna reach for the low-hanging fruit of your mom jokes but <laughs> as you pointed out it's not very fair because you couldn't do it back because yeah. that would be really in poor taste yeah so I'm just telling you I'm not gonna make a your mom joke but I'm thinking of a your mom joke <laughs> yeah in 2022 that's great hey you know what we haven't given a lot of attention to and this is this co-main event and it's for the flyweight championship and it's a freaking trilogy before we, we talk about John Jones oh yeah let's let's slip you that back in we have control over the show yeah. Yes. Is John Jones facing the winner, short of them producing the best? I, I honestly think the UFC would be foolish not to. But they were. Already, I already feel like we should have seen this fight. Of course, John Jones dealing with his own problems as always. But I think that that's the biggest fight that, that could be made. It, Francis and Gano versus. Yeah, John if Jones. Francis wins, and especially if he goes right through, Gano. I agree with you. Well, you think I the think biggest fight is either the winner of this or just specifically. I think Francis. it's Gano. If okay. Gano wins and he fights Jones, does that beat Habib? Connor, or do you need you need hatred to really fuel? Say that again. If does Francis versus John Jones, the pay per view? Yep. Does it provided Francis wins this one? Provided yeah. Francis wins this one, and Francis is everything we thought he was. Yeah. Does that top the current record, which is what two point four million Something for like UFC? So roughly a buys of Connor versus uh, Habib, which had no, so I don't many. Think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that it does. No. Okay, but it's a huge fight. It's an amazing it fight. Now I got to put you on the hot seat and ask All you a right. key question because you've right. always been honest about fighters. About John Jones, really? Yep. Oh well. Is the John reason, Jones has been honest about you. As yeah, well. he, he loves me. He loves me. Is the reason for John Jones's delay upon returning directly related to the idea of him going? Oh shit! I watched Francis in the Stipe rematch. Why don't I wait to see if Cyril Gon can beat him first? <laughs> because obviously, John attempting to play chess with Cyril Gon for five rounds is an incredible fight and much more manageable than my heavyweight debut. Am I going to get flatlined by this freak of nature? How much is John just being smart and staying on the back a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the reasons why he hasn't exactly come back are probably a little complex, if not solely related mm -hmm. to the fact that he's had complications in his personal life, which we're all certainly aware of at this point. Um, but he's two plus years but I think away. It, but I think what you're ultimately getting at here is probably right, which is, is he looking at, you know, you ever seen the, the kids with the jump ropes in the park? Is he looking at that and then waiting for the smoothest entry point? <laughs> yeah, I think he's he is. He's waiting for the fat kid to, 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 he's, to yeah, be the larger. See, see, see what he's up against. And make it, dude, that's what, listen, John Jones, whatever else you want to say about him, is a smart, talented, calculated fighter. He has high fight IQ. This is a guy who, in assessing opponents and in assessing times and when to get in, he is probably you know. going to try to time it. However, there is always the factor that he has poor risk management outside of the cage and is yeah. so Chuck, a disaster. When that version of uh, Ngannou emerged in the second Stipe fight, that was the first time I said to myself, maybe John Jones won't go, at, right. go into heavyweight and just have instant success because there are right. destroyers exactly. at this level who can add this much wrinkle to their game that... I think John Jones likes a fight with Ngannou to be quite... I, I think Gon is the tougher Same. fight, to be honest with it you. It is a tougher fight. I it's agree a less, with that. For less, John's less agree that's a tougher out, fight, dude. That's a very tough fight for him. Because the idea of John going to heavyweight, which which I started thinking about back in like 2011, 2012, I remember saying, yeah. well, obviously he's, he's going to debut about against Lesnar. It's, you know, yeah. And that still could have happened up until like last year, for all we know. But the idea was that he would be using quickness to outsmart a larger division, which they're slower and they don't wrestle a lot. Yeah. That has... Change. It's crazy too because you know so many of John Jones's recent fights have been against. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I call them woodwork contenders, the people who aren't like really hyped, but they come up, they make it, and they get the, the meritocracy and they get their shot. Sure. They're not inspiring fights in terms of pay-per-views or in, in terms of imagination. He's always a favorite. In fact, when those guys show up and Dominic Reyes gives them a fight, the surprise is like, whoa, you know, this guy competed with him. He actually might have won, you know, and that's why it's a story. What we haven't seen is just John Jones coming at somebody who's supposed to beat him. You know what I mean? Mm. And I feel like that that is why it works. Now, he's fallen so far away from the hot yeah. like spotlight for, that he was at before. I don't know where it'll be, but you, you feel like if they rev up the promo machine and they really got behind it and remind people how good John Jones is and what the perception ha- of him has been and you know why he's bored with the contenders and all that stuff he's been doing and put him into the new weight class, you know what I mean? And then have Francis Ngannou, who's the, everything we've been talking about. I just think it's such a, an awesome setup. It's like the... You know, it's like when we used to talk about Fedor and guys like that that you couldn't have. There was some partition that would block guys from fighting each other. But this is one of those moments where you're like, no, you don't have a partition. No, we don't you have could put problem. them together. And I do it would think. Work. I do think, though. Again, I wanted to say this. This is just you know, I keep bringing it up. Could be epically wrong. Again, Francis goes in there and touches him once, off switch, and there you go. That's what it is. Yeah. But you need to also at least entertain the idea of a world. I'm warning you. <laughs> it is plausible no, I, where Gon goes in 100%. there and beats Francis relatively not easily but yeah. you know gets it I done know. and then goes in there and does the exact same thing against John Jones I fi- I, I would pick You know how I know you're I right would pick, because I w- we're sitting here talking about the John Jones and Gano fight yeah. you know, I, would, I, would pick, I would pick Cyril to pick uh, to beat John Jones Yeah in time There's also same. a world in which Cyril Gan does that for 3 rounds and completely dominates and then still gets knocked out by uh, it could, yes. he could be it could be exactly like That's it was true. between Part Sergio Pettis and Gucci, oh my God. 100%. Part of why we love it so much. Final question on this fight to you. Does the winner, regardless of who or what circumstance, call it John Jones? Yeah, probably. So, certainly if Francis does it, no doubt about it. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. UFC will, will ask them to do it. Chuck, let's put some love on this co-main event. All right. Flyweight championship. This division has been so fun in the post-DJ and Cejudo short run on top to maybe save the division. <laughs> it's obviously going to be the champion. Brandon Moreno, Mexico's first and finest, against the former champ, Davidson Figueredo. Before we get into what this fight could be, and it could be fight of our lifetime, for all we know. These guys do, yeah. these guys do make fun stuff against one another, uh, with the second one being surprisingly so one-sided. Does Figueredo actually deserve this title opportunity? Uh, I think so. But it's only, you know what is funny? Because he had a string of finishes, and at that weight class... You think like, wow, man, this guy is actually something. He's going through these these uh, these contenders or these guys that are high up. He's going through them in that way. And I think that, you know, just given the way the first fight went, right, and then he gets work the second one, I still like the idea because I thought his reign was going to be a lot longer. I think that he was sort of primed as like, hey, this guy's kind of like the savage, um, the savage flyweight who's going to be here a while. He's got a really weird personality. He I does like in all interviews with no shirt and yeah. the dark sunglasses on. I love that. He's, a, he's just a different kind of guy. So, I mean, you're taking all of that from a promo, promo package and all that. And I, I just think, why not do the trilogy at this point? Okay. In the meritocracy world, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It's not like he was a yeah, long-time like, well, Okay, well, actively, let's state it. What is the case for the trilogy? What is the case? Sales. Easy co-main event to put with whatever main event you want to, and in this case, the, the main event's great. You're going to get the fans. Which which care. contenders are being screwed here? Pantoja? I don't know. Askar Askarov hasn't lost, yeah. and he's. I mean, I, I thought he should have been next in line already. But he hasn't made a huge impact. True. You know? And look, if it just comes down to Moreno, could really be a star, and he and True. he's a star because he's got that Mexican style and that and that easily relatable boxing never give up. And feel. Moreno Askarov had a really good fight down in Mexico City too. It, it was, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe they're thinking, okay, well, Figueroa will bring the best out of Moreno, but. He He's probably got the edge on him. So let me ask you about that edge. The second fight shocked me how easily Brandon Moreno won. How much was that because Figueredo was already a suspect 
in terms of can he make 125 consistently in the long I think it has wrecked his his body. To, 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 to get, I mean, dude, he, when he gets down there, you see him on the scales. He's like dangerously lean. It's Didn't unbelievable. Did he leave the hospital bed to beat the to, to beat the replacement opponent a couple of fights ago? Yeah, and he's had multiple. Like he came from a, the hospital. Even, like, who even was it Perez? In, was it the replacement? He's doing these. Who's the replacement? Sure. I, I forget. Yeah. Uh, uh, but even in scenarios where he's made weight, there's been a lot of struggle to do it. And of course, you know, there, there was the issue the first time he fought uh, Benavidez and the whole and the whole uh, oh, you know nine there. So you know, um, I, it, I, it's. It, yeah, dude, that has absolutely wrecked him. But he's still a formidable competitor. What are we doing here? We're talking he's trying, about. He's trying uh, to find the Perez. We're talking about right the guy. The, who's the guy who filled in and, and Figueredo defended this title? Oh, you're him, that right? in depth on it? Yeah, I actually <laughs> want to get facts right, including a guy who just fought for a UFC title. Like, I can't believe the three of us are striking out. I feel like the, the it was Alex Perez. Alex Perez. Yeah, that was the one where he literally was like at a point of near death with the hard right. weight cut and the, what do you have, pneumonia? I mean, he had yeah. something crazy going on right. with an it illness. And he fought through that and fought like a badass and won. No, I think it's more the story of the growth of Brandon Moreno. There is the clear, they just can't, when the guy, the guy like uh, Figueredo has just had, um, uh, the guy like, I'll say this, what was so different about the, about Brandon Moreno between the first and the second fight? Better energy, yes. Calmer, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Okay, all that. But dude, he just made a lot better decisions. Like, dude, he yeah. just got way effing better in the gym. Yes. So there's an accumulation issue, certainly, uh, on the other side of the equation. But I just think it's a story of Brandon Moreno just getting so much better. This could just also, be savvy matchmaking in the end. I, I, think, I it, think so, think too. He's got his number. The third fight's going to be exciting. I think but that it's be... more like that. Yeah. I think they do believe he's got his number. I also think that the UFC... You think the, the, the I believe Moreno's that, camp? I believe that no, Moreno's UFC camp... Believe I believe both. Though, honestly, oh, I, I think that the UFC is like... I think that they believe that he has Figueredo's number. I think yep. that they're banking on him going in there and winning. But like I also think the that the UFC... The best yeah. matchup was just doing this again. That's the best... That's the most exciting fight we can make right now. As much as they want to downplay, and as much as maybe you say, like, well, he doesn't have as much charisma as some of these guys, but being the first Mexican-born champion, being from Tijuana and having that story, you know, like, kind of coming up from 12 years old with his family, piñata makers, all this stuff. Getting cut. Yes, getting cut. Coming back. I mean, nobody saw him coming through this whole process. So it's like, I feel like he is a big story. And also, the thing that they've wanted, that's kind of Trojan horse, not to over-dramatize it, but they can maybe get that market lit up more. Because I felt like before with Cain Velasquez, it was sort of, they were kind of behind him, but yeah. not really. It was not like the same thing, oh, you know what I mean? The whole Cain Velasquez to Mexico thing. That's man. what I mean. It, it, it was like, it was more of like, it was more like trying to sell, sell yeah. uh, America on the idea that, you know, that yeah. Mexico was behind it. But I actually believe that Moreno has the, the dude, thing. And also, we were at this. the awards. Like, this is true just anecdotally. Yeah. It's anecdotal, but it feels representative. Which is that, like, dude? Wherever we went, people were like glad handing him, and yes. they, yeah. like everyone like really and he was clapped funny. for he him. He did like a skit in his expense. Dude, dude people and... fucking like hey, man, Brandon I was, Moreno. I was at the fight in Mexico City when he fought uh, Askarov, and it was like a hero came out. You go I mean, that, I mean, well, I was like the the last good fight. The last that wasn't even a good fight card. That's the last fight card I went to, really. <coughs> but uh, the pop was amazing. It was like he was a hero. So I'm yeah. imagining that was just a fight night, and he was buried kind of. He got on the, the Nate card. Diaz rub. Don't forget yeah. right. that. But yeah. look, not only did Kane not have a personality, he doesn't fight in a Mexican American boxing that's style. That's just a little, which is a little really, strong. I mean, no, but no that's the point of, of what they're that what they be trying to hook. Now they're putting it in Southern California, the home of like the Mexican American boxing fan. It's calculated. It makes yeah. sense. This is going to be a, a war no matter what. The question is. Will it be like boxing, where if, a if two great fighters had a really fun first fight, second fight was really fun, but the younger fighter was more dominant right. and, and finished it, the third fight then will be the shortest of the three and right. the most one-sided. That, that's what that is. But could Figueredo change it? I don't know. Either it's weird in MMA how a guy just figures somebody out, like somebody who's just cruising on, and this other guy yeah, comes like, on. Yeah, it's like against against the Baron. Yeah, it's, no, no, it's, like all, it's like something is absolutely impossible. Until yes. something where a guy comes in and just wrecks that idea. Yeah. And you're like, like what the fuck? All right, you know? does the winner attract Henry Cejudo, or is he never fighting the flyweight again? Because he's obviously a big-name star hovering over three divisions right now, threatening to parachute in and save a big event and become Gosh, champion man, I feel like if he shows up, it'll be a featherweight. I feel like that's what he'll do. But I can see him advancing. I just can't I can see, see if Peyoter Jan keeps putting it yeah, on Yeah, I, I don't see him going back, who? though, to flyweight. Peyoter Jan. Peyote Jan. Yeah, Peyote Jan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely. Yeah, he should kick you in the balls for that. Yeah, I yeah. I don't <laughs> think he actually Dude, likes that reminds me of the time we were in Vegas and walking around at the New York, New York. And you saw Jan, and yes. you're like, oh my God, it's Peter Jan. You went up to him and said his full name. That's shook the thing it. I'm referencing. When I went up, we were like, hey, can we take a picture, bro? Because we were drunk Dude. and stuff. And he did not look 
happy to be there <laughs> at all. We rode the roller coaster. We rode the roller coaster. And I was like, yo, yo. Awesome. And then Sterling was there. He was like right yeah, around the corner. Yes, and I was, was like, yo, Aljo, get that title, bro. He's like, I'm working on it. And look, he got that title. Yeah. You know? It was that speech. Right. It was that pep talk. It was that pep talk. Uh, any other things to say about this flyweight title fight in terms of uh, nothing? The, uh, the Henry Cejudo angle is a little bit interesting because Cejudo's story is, um, you do he he would be an interesting sell in Mexico. Like I don't know exactly yeah. what, to what extent the Mexican uh, fans would embrace him, but his, <laughs> especially his against fan, Moreno. You know well, especially against Moreno, yeah. but he, but you know. Um, I think that they have welcomed him there before. He is completely fluent in Spanish. Mm. And, you know, he knows how to work a crowd, too. Like, hey, if you're UFC, do you overpay Cejudo to make 125 one last time in the hopes that in making it... But, like, why would you, why would you, why would you use Henry to, like, potentially to stamp out Moreno. your... To, stand, to cement Brandon Moreno as... When he's looking for some other potential 135 or even 145 opportunity, would you, would you want to yeah. use him to potentially snuff because, out Brandon because Moreno? Because they don't want As he's just there, growing in the market? Because, right? be, be honest, because of what GSP did to them by kind of lying... They don't want Cejudo, to, who already retired out of nowhere when they weren't ready, giving up two divisions, basically. Right. They don't want him to win the featherweight title and then be like, sorry, guys, I'm out of here. Hey, anybody <laughs> want to make a lightweight title bout with me? You know, like, they don't want that shit. That is true. So uh, they could try to control the situation and say, okay, we'll still squeeze out what's left of his brand, which is a lot. And it's not that he couldn't win that fight, but that'd be a tough wake up. Chuck, as we finally wind down here, I want to get your take. Luke and I had a little debate on Morning Combat about this. I care a lot about heavyweight Greg Hardy against Alexia Linick. Is it as simple oh, as man. thinking that if Hardy opens the Bible and goes right to the book of Ezekiel, that he gets cut from the UFC after that? <laughs> I think so. I think it's random. Of course, he'd, he'd, that would be three in a row, right? They keep putting him on these Hardy. main... For Greg Hardy. There would be yeah. three losses in a row. Dude, but, he has been an inexplicable mainstay. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he can't, Here he is showing up again. I feel like it's always with reluctance that we talk about him because it wasn't like he was this decorated... I know his backstory, but it wasn't even beyond that. He didn't have a decorated... Uh, you know, uh, sub, you know, before the UFC yes. type record. It's just like we've been paying attention to him in the UFC, okay. always on these main cards. Then putting him in there with Tui Vasa last time out, which rightfully he got hammered because he's not on that level. Was that UFC's way of kind of cashing him out? Like, okay, if he can beat this I guy, thought then we'll so. give him another chance. I thought so. And now they're fully just getting what's left. Especially against a 44-year-old guy who, like, you mentioned Ezekiel. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still, look, yeah, but, look it, let's it, give Hardy some credit. He's a one-round explosive offensive fighter, but he didn't. Yeah. He never turned the corner. He, he, never... is, he, is, he is baffling to me, you know, because there's been times where, like, he'll look, you know, <coughs> decent, you know. Going to, the distance against Volkov. Yeah, going the distance yeah. against Volkov. Look decent, yeah, so, like, at knows. times inspired, at times yeah. pedestrian, but somewhere around, like, commendable-ish. And then he'll have these performances. I forget which fight it was, but he had the first round. Where he was fucking electrified. I was like, Jesus, he has made huge improvements. And then that was the very next round where he completely crashed after he got taken down one time. I know. I know. And then the whole shit collapsed. And you're like, what? <laughs> well, how did you where where I've never seen I've never seen him be like either extremely hot or extremely cold or like kind of in the middle. Like he could never quite Goldilocks it. And and then there's like the issues with like Oh, let's just get a fucking inhaler in the corner. Like, what? <laughs> it's all been weird. You, you, you know, you got a veteran corner. Like, how the fuck? It's just the whole thing He's about never him. He's really uh, embraced, you know, embraced. Like, so the second chance thing. He's never really played it in some way that was like endears him. Dude, back. he was out there. Like, parade. Was, he was, dude. But we were out there for what media day was that? We were out there for which card? Yeah. He was parading. He's like, I want everyone to know. I'm a. <laughs> That's I pay Connor my, Dustin three. Yeah, he's like, I pay my taxes. I, I'm a I'm a consistently voting Republican. I love Donald Trump. Everybody, oh listen to what God. I'm. I was like, well, okay, that should have helped us. Job, if you got ninety nine dollars, sign up for a loan. That didn't make him like a fan me. favorite. I don't know what will. Yeah, no, but I'm like, like, no, he didn't. It's a hard spot to be in PR wise from the beginning. For sure, it's hard. It's a hard thing to tell anybody. But he's not even, moved the needle at all. Up <laughs> this whole thing is even like, if you've effed up royally, it's still hard to tell somebody you need to go in front of that camera and tell everybody that you've repented and that you right. The questions about him before when he was fighting in January in Brooklyn of two thousand nineteen. Was you know this is uh, this is BS, but the but the the responses were let's see what he's got. Okay, it's all right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And so it was also what now? And there was this underlying sentiment from the fan base. Well, everybody just wants to see him get knocked out. Well, we've seen that a couple of times. There's really yeah. not really. By I don't way, really he get still the, might knock out Olenek. He still he, might. He, yeah. I think it's probably likely he knocks out Olenek. Actually, likely really. I think uh, he gets Ezekiel the, the F. Well, again, you know, actually, you know what? Let me instantly take that back. I don't know what the fuck is likely. Yeah, yeah, get the strap. Get the strap. <laughs> but I, it is—it right. is plausible, certainly. He, dude, he is heavy-handed. He's quick. He's athletic. Obviously, he is well coached. Uh, he could—he could beat Olenek uh, in the first. That's quickly possible. in passing. What did we miss at UFC 270? Anything else you're looking forward to? Co the Coach Stamen fight's the only other one on the main card. The, re the, the there's some 
decent names on the prelims, but honestly, this is one of those cards that's very top heavy. All the all the big action I think is on the top. Rodolfo uh, Vieira is like, I will not get good, subbed again. I will that's not. A good, he's that's always compelling for me, but uh, so Vieira is certainly it. compelling, but you know hasn't quite had the growth that I'd hope. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, it could be slow to the take, and then you know just sort of quietly bides his time, and then gets better, and all of a sudden he's. Late 30s, you're like, eh, hey, he's pretty good. You yeah. know, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. Or early 40s like us. And you're like, man, these guys, they should win an award or something. Uh, Dude, real I talk. I can't believe Glover is like our age. Glover is our age yeah, and but the he's, fuck out of people. Yeah, he would. He would. Oh, uh, Chuck Mendenhall, you don't live that far from Glover to show. I live right down the street from him. You guys should be hanging out, having beers. I've hung out with him a little bit. Never invite us over. You're like, really? I'm like, bro, yo, I got, I got, I got Actually, Glover. he texted me and said, uh, he's actually, he's back now. He was in Brazil and he's like, when I get back, when, you know, hang out. So I'll send you photos. What's you, get, up? you get the kids together and like wives and I don't stuff? No. Just no. Like so, right, tell the audience, you know, just, you know, we can respect Glover here, but like, uh. Yo, he's what's, like, fuck Glover. No, 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 I'm just saying, like, what's it like hanging out with him? He's actually, because if you notice, like, he doesn't say a lot in the press, but he's, you know, if you're drinking some beers oh, with him, he's, he's chatty. He gets a little more chatty. Ooh. <laughs> he's, Ooh. He's, 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 I bet bright, you he like, I bet you, you know, he'd be he's like, cool. he'd be he like, seems like just one of the guys, and then you realize, you always have to keep remembering, like, dude, this guy just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Can knock you out. Yeah, you know? it's like, dude, he'll help you like shovel your your walk yeah. if you have some snow. If you're elderly, yeah, he'll also knock out your fucking son. <laughs> yeah, he will knuckle that cool motherfucker guy, into the ground. Cool Trust me. Wow, I don't, love don't, don't fuck with lovers. I love sure. raw and real UFC previews. That's what we bring to the show. Chuck Mendenhall like joining the the trio back in the brotherhood. Should we follow you anywhere? Any projects you want to promote? Or anything? It's not worth a follow. Stop following. My, this guy my social already. feed sucks. Your shit is terrible. <laughs> Listen to him on the. Hey, you're doing stuff with Helwani. We yeah. used to be big enemies with him. Now you guys we're all had, like, you guys had a show with him like last bros, time. you know? Yeah. He even joined one of these one time. I know. It was last the time. highest rated uh, pregame preview. Yeah, know? until this one. Until yeah, this. by the way, I think he talked shit about, and I think this, maybe if I get this wrong, if I'm wrong, Ariel will kill me for it, but I don't think I'm wrong. I think I'm right. I think, you remember he was talking shit to uh, your face? Yes. When we were poolside about the whole shebang that we were doing with the dot cameras? I believe when he was talking about, because I think you know, we were like, hey, "Did you see? Did you see these previously, or whatever?" Mm -hmm. He said, "Yes, he had seen them previously." And he was like, "You know, and I think you know Chuck's numbers were poultry. Poultry, I think, was the word. Like they were not good." Who said that? Helwani. Helwani wow, talking look at you, shit. Look at you playing. Talking that shit. Trying, trying to just wed. Talking that between. shit. Yeah. Like you think you have a friend? Can we all be <laughs> friends and make money together? Well, he wasn't I mean, saying this? it so much about you as he was sort of like, "It's my responsibility, so therefore I am the failure." He was talking shit to me, but he did. He Luke's did. just mad at Canadians because Bronstetter sent me some records for Christmas. You know, what a nice oh yeah. Guy. Well, I mean, he we'll sent Luke shit. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you it was know. such a happy vibe to this show until the end. For, for Chuck Mendenhall, <laughs> that's Luke Thomas. I don't want Brian your fucking Campbell. records anyway, or his Brian records. Combat every live. I'm going to send you. You're Monday, coming to the Wednesday, Cannibal Corpse concert, you whore. 11 a.m. Eastern on whore. the YouTube's. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy UFC 270 when it's heavyweight madness. Cyril Gon brings that interim shit in there with Francis and Gon. The real champion. Oh, God, please go. Yeah. <laughs> real talk. <laughs> like men do. Put that motherfucker Cheer. on the short bus immediately. <laughs>